Good morning, church. My name is Kyle, um, and I'm a third year at USC. I'm part of the amazing campus ministry, but I'm super excited to be up here today speaking as one of the guys preaching for our campus Sunday today. And so, so like Alex said earlier, our theme is focus. And so as college students, that's something that I think that we really need, you know. We're, we're part of this generation that grew up with the internet, and so, you know, it's kind of part of our, our native tongue. And, and we, we grew up with it, and we've seen all these different things like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Netflix, and all these different things popped up. And it's definitely affected the way that we spend our time and our energy and our focus, guys. And so it, it, it's a distraction. It's obvious that we as college students need focus. But also, everyone here today, we also need focus. And this applies to us as well. Amen? And so we've all heard the statistics, just how much that we're all, as a society, we're on our phones, on our computers. You know, it, it, it's crazy how much of a distraction that these things are. But even when you remove all these things that are distractions in our life, it's still hard to focus because there's all these different things, right, that we need to focus on. We have our social lives, our careers, our finances, our physical, mental, and emotional health. And for us college students, we have our academics. And, you know, and, and so life can be this huge, crazy balancing act, right? And, you know, our, our, our focus and our time are, are these limited resources. And so we have to be wise about what we choose to focus on. And so it, it, it can be easy to get lost and, and overwhelmed by just all the craziness that life has. And, you know, this is definitely a theme in my life. I, I'm, I'm a really distracted person, guys, and I, I definitely lack a lot of focus. And so even when I was in middle school, I would lose things all the time in middle school. And uh, my dad would put my name and our, our house phone number and everything. And so it got to the point where even all my pens and my pencils, my dad would put a label maker. Like, you'd take a label maker and put a label with our, with our home phone number on it. And the crazy thing is, it would work. Like, multiple times, we would get a call to our house phone saying, hey, I think we found a pen with your name on it. <laughs> but I would get those pens back. Um, so it worked. But, you know, in a much more serious note as well, um, you know, this has been a theme, and I can really get caught up in, in life and in all the things that I can't control. And so I shut off. And so for the, for the first two years of, of college, I spent up in the Bay Area. And to be honest, it was, it was a struggle. It was, it was tough. Um, you know, I, I let myself get caught up in all my own thoughts about myself and, and what I thought that other people thought about me. And so it, it came to the point where I, I just started to lose vision for my future and for my life. So, and, and now I'm here. And so I, I transferred back home to USC. And being home, it's still hard to focus. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to focus to make an impact at USC. And that's part of why I transferred. But, you know, I, I miss my friends, guys. And some of my best friends are up there, and I want to be there for them for their good times and for their, their hard times, and, and I'm here. And so my part, part of my heart is up there, and so it, it can be hard to be fully present here. And so it's difficult for us to focus. And so what does God want us to do? Well, God wants us to focus. And so there's a lot of different things, right? But, but hopefully if you're here at church today, you care a little bit about what God wants us to focus on. So let's turn over our Bibles to, to Colossians 3. And we'll be reading in verse 1. And so it says in verse 1, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And so this, this is our theme scripture for the day. You know, God is calling us to set our hearts and our minds on the things above. And what are the things above? Well, God is talking here about heaven. 
And, and what are the two things that we can take up to heaven with us? That's our relationship with God and our relationships that we have with the people around us. And so God is calling us to focus on these two things. And, and Brandon is, is going to be talking about focusing on God, and, and Mike's going to be talking more about focusing on people. But, you know, I still got some time left, and so we're, I'm going to be spending some time, uh, you know, looking at, and we're going to look at together a man named Zacchaeus, who, who I really believe had his heart set on the things above. So turn over with me to Luke 19, and we'll start reading in verse 1. And so if you guys are there, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So this is Zacchaeus. He's a chief tax collector. He's pretty important. And he hears this guy named Jesus. He's coming through, and he's probably thinking to himself, oh, man, Jesus is coming through. That's pretty cool. He's been doing some cool things. He, he sounds pretty smart. You know, he turned water into wine. Maybe I can get some of that, you know? But continue on. It says, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Stinks, Zacchaeus. You're short. I don't know how short he is, but he was too short, and there are too many people, right? That's a bummer, you know? I don't, I don't feel too tall either. <laughs> you know, it's, but it says, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. So this is kind of strange, right? He, he, he runs up and he climbs a tree. And I don't know about you guys, I don't know the last time that I've seen an adult man climb a tree that was not his job, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's weird, right? You know, so, so my dad likes USC, and he, he likes Pete Carroll, who was the football coach a while back. And so, you know, if I was with my dad and we were hanging out, and, and we hear that Pete Carroll's on the street, you know, he's surrounded by a bunch of people. And my dad's like, oh, man, Pete Carroll's on the street. I want to see him, but there's too many people. And so he sprints across the street and climbs up a telephone pole so he can get a better view. I would not want to be around my dad. <laughs> you know, I, I'd be like Peter the Apostle, like, I do not know this man. Like, I'd run away, right? But, you know, we, we can tell here how important this is to Zacchaeus, that he sees Jesus, how eager he is. And so, uh, continue on in verse 5, it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheat anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation came to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son, came, so the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And so Zacchaeus could have chosen to focus on a lot of different things here. And he could have cho chosen to focus on, on, on the crowd that he was stuck in, and on, on the people that were around him, and just, you know, the situation he was in. He could have said, oh man, this stinks. Can't see Jesus. Oh well, I'm going to go home. You know, he could have chosen to focus on the people in the crowd and what they thought of him. You know, I can get caught up in this too and what people think of me. And, and for me in my life, you know, I, I, I try to be likable and I, I hope and think that most people kind of like me, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, if someone had a problem with me, it, it hasn't been too obvious. But with Zacchaeus, it was pretty obvious. These people did not like Zacchaeus. They thought pretty poorly of him. You know, they were whispering behind his back, calling him a sinner. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, we've heard it all, we've seen it all when, when people are football games and they're picketing and, you know, calling people sinners. You know, there's, not, there's no love in that. There's not a lot of love there. But, you know, he could have just said, you know, forget them. I, I don't need to be around this. I'm going to go home. I'm going to cheat you out of more different things. I'm, I'm going to tax you more. Forget this, you know. <laughs> and he could have just gotten lost in all of that. But, you know, Zacchaeus could even focus on himself and, and his past, you know. 
You know, these, these people thought that he was a sinner. And so chances are he's probably done some sinful things. And he's probably done some things that he probably wasn't too proud of. And so he even admits to Jesus, you know, I, I've cheated people out of some stuff. But I want to fix it. You know, he he could have let his past failures, his past sin, drive him away from wanting to be with God. You know, I'm, I'm not good enough for Jesus. Uh, I, I don't deserve to see him. I'm going I'm, I'm to go away. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, Zacchaeus doesn't do any of this. He, he doesn't focus on any of those things. And that's why Zacchaeus inspires him. He focuses on two things. On getting his life right with Jesus. On getting his life right with the people that he's around. By giving back to the poor and, and fixing his relationship with people that he's cheated. You know, Jesus notices that. He says, this guy gets it. You know, I, I want to hang out with that guy. He, he's looking in the trees. like, come down. I, I want to hang with you. And you know, I, I want to be like that. I, I want... Jesus to look at my life and say, this guy gets it. He knows what to focus on, you know? You know, and, and, and I get it. Life is, is hard, guys, you know? And, and even this past semester, you know, um, I definitely felt myself, you know, kind of stuck in a pit in my faith, and, and it was hard, and I, and I was struggling, you know, but I'm here now. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I'm working on some of these. I'm, I'm working on focusing on, on the things above and setting my heart on the things above. And so I'm, I'm trying to climb those trees. I'm trying to ignore the, the, the voices of the crowd. And, and you know, I, I can tell you, church, that, that in those moments where I felt like I had lost my hope and lost my vision for my future, when I looked to the things above, when I set my heart on those things, that's when I saw God's love for me, and when I saw God's love for the people around me, and I started to have vision for what God could do in, in my life and the people around me at, at USC and at UC Berkeley. It, it, it really has inspired me and, and brought forth that vision that, that I was looking for and hoping for. So church, let's aspire to have a focus like Zacchaeus. Let's go climb some trees, amen? And so now Brandon's going to come up to speak more about focus. Amen, amen. I mean, Kyle did an awesome job, man. I mean, seriously, you did awesome. Let's give him another round of applause. Oh, all right. Well, hello, church. My name is Brandon Rowan. I am going to the USC. I'm a junior studying music industry. Um, and today I have the pleasure to talk about focusing on God. You know, um, however... That could be hard to do because of distractions and, and the such. Um, and, you know, uh, hard times can be hard. I mean, just in general. Um, and even though I'm a college student going to the University of Spoiled Children, <laughs> I, too, can have hard times. Um, and so let's kind of read something that uh, kind of inspires me. And let's kind of see what Paul does when he's in hard times. So let's turn to Acts 16. Verse 22, and uh, I'll, I'll be reading from the NLT version, um, you know, and the NIV will probably be up there, or you'll know, actually know you'll be reading it, but it's okay. That's how it works. Um, and, you know, I want to set the scene up a little bit. So, uh, you know, you have Paul and Silas, they're in Macedonia, and they're doing their job. You know, they're going around preaching and, and spreading the gospel. And, you know, they heal this demon-possessed girl who was making money for her master, and uh, then that's where we are. So let's see what happens. In verse 22 of Acts 16, it says, 
a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, then they were thrown into prison. All right, well, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> and so the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison uh, doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, man. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. So the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. Amen. And he, had his, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. So we see some amazing things happen there. You know, um, unfortunately, Paul and Silas were thrown into prison from doing what they were called to do. Yet their response was different. They were singing, they were praising God, and they were having a great time, and God shook the earth, like literally moved the earth at that time, and they could have escaped. But they, instead, they saved their captor, their prison keeper, from suicide. They shared the gospel with him. They baptized him. They saved his household. And then they did another amazing thing. Well, they got free food. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> To be honest, that's a college student's dream. I mean, you know, if I was coming from prison, I think the first thing I would do is be like, all right, what am I going to eat, you know? But when reading this, uh, you know, I was amazed, you know, because songs are a great way of connecting, and I'm a music major, so songs are really what moves me to kind of look at God and connect with him. Um, but I also can also use songs to... Keep me in a sad place. Keep me in a place of uh, an emotional despair. Um, but we can see that Paul and Silas were obviously focused on God. And uh, to be honest, church, this was a hard week um, because I came to the realization that I'm really, really bad at this. I'm really bad at focusing on God. Uh, you know, I called myself a realist at times. You know, some people call that a pessimist. Um, and, you know, my thoughts can be really dark at times. Uh, even at times when I'm filled with joy and laughter and, and, and the times when I'm just happy and everything's going great, I can always have in the back of my mind what's wrong with this situation. And, you know, uh, during this time, I, I had a discipling time with Jake. Uh, he asked me a great question, which was, what do I think on a regular basis? And I was like, well, I, you know, I... I think about what needs to be done. I think about, okay, I got homework. I got a job. I got a Bible studies. I get to hang out with people. I get to do all of these things. So I'm like, all right, you know, that's, that's somewhat positive. Uh, then it gets a little darker from there. I'm like, you know, it's, 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 it's getting colder. Uh, 
you know, uh, people are trying to find people to get warmer with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so I could kind of look around and I could kind of see and I'm like, man, you know what? I want a girlfriend too, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, uh, <laughs> but however, however, I see that what I wanted was love and affection from a person rather than from God. Um, and then it goes even a little bit darker than that. Um, and this, and this kind of church is where it's going to be a little bit darker side of my mind. Uh, but I want to be real with you guys. I want you guys to just understand where I'm coming from. Okay. Um, so for me, uh, I can also tend to think about my regrets. Uh, I can think about the, the things I should have said, uh, the things I could have said, uh, things I could have done differently, um, and the people that I lost. Um, and to be honest, church, uh, that kind of started when I was nine, um, and me losing my friend at age 10. Um, and even at now as a disciple, this year uh, was a rough year. Uh, this year I lost five people. Uh, three of them were of my family um, who died unexpectedly from cancer. And uh, two of them were my uh, friends who, who died unexpectedly as well. And I could get to a spot in my life where I'm just blaming God for all of this. Where I'm praying and asking to him, why? Why would you allow this to happen? Why is it that I'm so far away and I can hear my mother crying to me on the phone and I can't get there? I can't be there for her. I can't be there for my mother. I can't be there for my brother. I can't be there for my father. You know, haven't we served you enough? Haven't I lost enough? And who else will you take from me? And you know, this year, I really got close. I, you know, I lost my dreams. I lost my hopes. And when I thought about God, it wasn't that I didn't believe in him. It was that I didn't believe that he would do things for me. I didn't believe he would help me out in situations. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of where all of this is kind of why it, it can be hard for me to focus on God. But church, I'm sharing this because I'm not trying to get you down. All right, I, I could tell. I could tell the mood changed. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm trying not to get you there. Uh, I just want to be real, and because I know some of you in this church are going through similar things, and um, I just want to say that blaming God is way too easy. And there has to be a way to get out of this kind of despair. So let's look at Paul again, because I found hope and joy from similar things. So let's turn to uh, Philippians 3, verse 20. <clears throat> All right. So it says, but things, I don't know my bad, but we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power 
but which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you. Dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. And so we see here that Paul was focused on two things. One was the biggest thing, which was heaven and Jesus. You know, Jesus taking care of our weaknesses, our sickness, our pain, and just giving it up towards God. And the second thing was you, or I should say the church. And likewise, I can look at the church and be encouraged. You know, I can see people not only fighting their fights, but having a great time at it. And, you know, I enjoy spending the time in those deep relationships, whether that's with the Kims, Nam, and, and Donna, you know, being able to play music with them and enjoy that time, whether that's the Kawhis who will open up their home for me during Thanksgiving and just enjoying those times, whether it's the campus when we're able to talk and just spend time with each other, whether the young professionals, uh, just even, you know, whether it's in the worship itself at times, you know, there's so much more. And, you know, I want to say that I love you guys as much as well, church, and I do long to see you. But I also long to see God above all else. I long to see my loved ones alive, and I also long to see those who passed away. Um, and, you know, these are the things that excite me. These are the things that help me get out of bed when I feel alone and when I feel in grief. And these are the things that I want to think about more often. You know, I want to become more joyful, completely, not happy at certain times of the day, but really finding that true joy. And so, church, let's remember that heaven will be glorious. Being embraced by God will be fantastic. And the meals in heaven, oh my gosh. I mean, the meals are going to be delicious, you know, if we have those, you know, because we are being fed from God and his magnificence. And while we are here on earth, let's grow in our character and let's do everything it takes to get one step closer to God and to heaven. All right. Now, Mike will come up and do a fantastic job on focusing on people. Thank you, Brandon and Kyle, for those awesome lessons. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mike Romero, and I go to Cal State LA. And this is the last lesson for today. So I know we had some awesome things said by these two awesome brothers, but I just want to be sure you guys are still with me here. Awesome. So I promise this last one is going to be a good one. So as mentioned before, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking about focusing on people. And right off the bat, I want to say that it's a good thing that we should focus on people. And why is that? Well, as mentioned before, we can bring people with us to heaven, which is awesome. No one wants to be alone up there. And not only that, many of us can attest to that because of people, we are able to be even going to heaven as well. So we can't just focus on God, but we also want, need to focus on people. And so for today, I want to look at the book of Acts because those, the, the church there got it right away. And because of that, they were able to do some incredible things. So turn with me to Acts chapter 2. So we'll be in Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 through 47. And it reads, 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, this is a very famous scripture. A lot of us have read it, but it's still very inspiring to read. I know for me, when I read this, what really screams to me is family. You know, this just wasn't a group who met maybe once a week or twice a week. They met every single day, and they were doing it with very happy and glad hearts. You know, they had everything in common. They were doing so much. They were bringing people to God. They were worshiping God. They were focused on God and people, and because of that, God blessed them so much, they were able to grow like crazy. Now, I don't know about you, but who wouldn't want to be in a group like this? This sounds like a very fun group. It sounds like an awesome time there. So it sounds like a great place you want to be at, right? But if I'm being honest here, if I was in charge of this church, this wouldn't be the, the culture I would naturally create. So I guess it's a good thing I wasn't there around that time. <laughs> um, but... In all seriousness, um, this has been something that I was really bad at. Um, I'm really bad at focusing on people. It's not my natural thing to do. Um, I'm naturally more of an independent kind of person. Like, I'm okay with just being to myself and being reserved and even for friendships. I'm okay with just kind of having acquaintances and just really not having deep friendships. And I was like that before Christian and even as a Christian, my, I was still like that. You know, yes, my, my friendships were, were a little deeper but they're still at a very shallow kind of level. And for the longest time, I was okay with that. I was like, yeah, that's, that's all I needed. I didn't need to really get deeper and all that. And so I was fine. But it wasn't until I had a conversation with my minister, Jacob, that things started to change. So one day, me and Jacob were at the gym. Uh, we were just working out. And then all of a sudden, he just asked me a random question. He was like, hey, Mike, just want to know, uh, who are your closest friends? And I was a little shocked by it, but I told him, I was like, yeah, these are my, these are my you know, closest friends. I told him very quickly. And then he followed up with the question, like, okay, so how many of them would say that they're close to you? And that one took a little bit longer for me to really say. It was a lot of like, I, yeah, I think he does. I, I don't know, maybe. I, I'm not entirely sure and stuff. And as I kind of listed and like eliminated people who really didn't know me, I was like, I came to the cruise, like, man. No one really knows me, who I am, and Jacob agreed, and he helped me see that, <laughs> you know, there's, there's only two people who know me, really, for who I am. One of them is my mom, and, you know, that's obvious, you know, she's my mom, she, she kind of has to know me, and the other one is Jacob, you know, he's our campus minister, and, you know, no offense, it, it's kind of his job to know me <laughs> and stuff, so, you know, every time we met up, he just always asked me questions to really try to get things out of me, and so... Really, the only two people who know me were my mom and the guy whose job is to know me for who I am. <laughs> but really, when I, when I looked uh, past those two people, I, um, I really saw to myself that, wow, I don't have friends. And um, that was something I thought of in the morning that was said. And throughout the whole day, I, I really thought about it, really kind of really let it sink in for what it was worth. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, this is, this is sad. I, I don't, I don't want to 
to be like this. I don't want to have that feeling anymore. Like, man, I don't have any close friends with me. And so I, I decided to change that. And so since then, I really started to make a focus of mine to really you know, focus on people and really make deeper friendships with them. And honestly, uh, since then, I really feel this kind of radical change and this you know, real, real joy now from doing this. You know, scripture that really reminds me of this is in Acts chapter 4. So Acts chapter 4, it's in verse 32. It says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. So as you see here in this scripture, it showed that as the church progressed, as the church kept growing, they started to really become one in spirit and mind. They really started to get closer. And honestly, that's how I've been feeling recently just with building these deep friendships and stuff. Um, you know, one of the first people I really decided to get closer to was my fellow Castle Bible Talk leader, my fellow Golden Eagle, Carlos Renderos. There he is. And, you know, this guy is the complete opposite of me. You know, he's so good at being relational and making deep friendships, which is exactly what I needed. And so we just hung out one day. You know, I really told him all about my life and everything. And thankfully, he didn't, he didn't run away. He, he sat there. <laughs> And uh, it's been honestly really awesome just building that friendship up, up with him. And, you know, even now it's like whenever something happens in my life, I don't just go to Jacob and tell him. I can actually go to my friend Carlos and really tell him what's been going on in my life. And that's been so encouraging. You know, I've also been getting closer with uh, Brandon Rowan, my fellow brother at USC. And that's been really awesome. Even though we go to two separate schools, it's just really cool making the most out of our time seeing each other and really just kind of talking about what's been going on in our life. And even this past summer, we had an awesome brother move from the Boston area down here to go to school. His name is Rashad Halidi. Yes, and since he's from Boston, he obviously needed a place to stay. And so guess who he's staying with? With me, you know. And even though it's been awesome, I have to be honest, I was a really bad roommate for the first couple of months. Um, I was very distant from him. I would maybe go say hi to him here and there. And only really time we would talk is when we would go on the car rides and stuff. And, you know, I felt so bad for that. It's like, man, you know, he came all the way here. He's, he's living with us. He's, you know, he's, he's a guest in my house. You know, I, I have to be, you know, a good host and really, you know, make him, make him feel welcome. And I decided to change that. You know, we've been building this deep friendship. And even now we started to do this cool tradition of, you know, every Saturday morning we will get up. We will go to the park by my house and we will just, you know, do a prayer walk around, you know. And during that, we would just talk about what's been going on in our life, what's been happening. And, you know, it's been so awesome just knowing that I've been starting to grow, you know, one in mind and spirit with these fellow brothers. And even then, it, it doesn't stop there. Um, I've been able to also try my best and really keep trying to build this friendship up with my awesome girlfriend as well. And so, um, amen, even though it's a new thing and I'm still trying to get the hang of it and I'm still, you know, adjusting to it. Um, I have to be honest, this new feeling of mine is something so amazing. It's something that I honestly can't get enough of. Like, I, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep building friendship up with people. And that's how the church uh, in Acts felt as well. So as I close off, I want to look at the Acts chapter 8 with you guys. And as you guys are turning there, I want to give you guys just some quick context. So the church in Jerusalem kept growing, you know, for obvious reasons. They were an awesome bunch. But as it kept growing, they started to face persecution. You know, even went to so far as one of their members actually died from the persecution. 
And even though through all this, that didn't stop him from focusing on God and people. And so in Acts chapter 8, in verses 1 through 4, it reads, And Saul approved of their killing them. This was Stephen as he was stoned to death. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men were buried uh, Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So despite the deaths and despite the persecution that was happening, the church in Acts still continued to grow. They still, no matter where they went, they went and built more friendships. They went and shared with more people. And the reason for that was they were so used to it in Jerusalem. They were so used to being a close-knit group that when they left, they, they didn't want to stop. They wanted to keep building it. They wanted to keep doing it no matter where they were. And honestly, for me, that, that's been inspiring for me because and not only have I been doing it with the people in church, but I've also been growing deeper friendships with the people I've been studying with. As well, and actually some of them are there, and I want to lift them up. One of them is uh, Roger. I've been studying the Bible with him. That guy's been a complete another blast. I've been really enjoying just to get to know him and hanging out with him as well. And then also there's many other people, such as Jackson. He's a baseball player at Cal State LA. He's been an interesting dude just to get to know, and I've been really just having, you know, studying with him. And honestly, church, it's been so amazing just to not only help them in their studies, but also really just build that deeper friendship with them. You know, and after everything, after I help them out and after I this um, friendship is built, I want to go and do it again with more and more different people, church. And honestly, I've come to the conclusion that I went from a dude who was okay with shallow friendship and acquaintances to someone who really craves, you know, deeper friendships and really wants to know people for who I am. And as I wrap up, I want to say that I feel like one of our greatest excuses for not doing this, for not focusing on people, is that we can feel that, this, that focusing on people won't bring anything into our life. I know I felt that way, but I hope after today's lessons that you can see that when we focus on what really matters, our life gets so much more rich and so much more fulfilled. So let's live our life the way God wanted us to, and let's focus on God and people. Amen? Amen. Right. Thank you.